Hiring, it's an issue. It's a problem. We all know it. We all have our opinions on what needs to happen to fix it. All we know for sure is that it is going to take some grit. Let's talk to the expert in economic development. Kathy Brighton Butcher is next. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. Folks, I know that a lot of times this show focuses on the individual and the opportunities that an entrepreneur has, a business owner, or an organization leader has to make a difference in their community. We don't always focus on the community. And without a community, without people behind you and the support, it's really hard to be in business vice versa. And therein lies economic development. Today on the show is uh, an economic developer from Medina County Economic Development Corporation. And I'm thrilled to talk about grit that comes with it with Kathy Brighton Butcher. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And I do too. And I'd like you to start. I'd like to talk a lot, a little bit about economic development, but even more so how you got into it and, and the things that, that the challenges that came in your way and the opportunities that you saw to serve. But before we do, I want you to tell me how about success. Talk about the things that are going well, the things you've kind of overcome and the things that are really humming in Medina County that make you proud to be what you are here in this district. Well, Medina County is the best place to be. Uh, it, it is amazing what we accomplish, and we accomplish it together. So, you know, people always say stuff like that. Um, in Medina County, we actually mean it. And you actually can pick up the phone and speak to anyone in the county at any level, and they will help you and they will work with you. Uh, you can call one of the cities, and often the city head will be the person who answers the phone, you know, and so we really do work together. Um, Medina County has been the sixth fastest growing, or excuse me, been the first fastest growing uh, community in Northern Ohio in for the last six decades. That's where the six comes in. Wow. Um, so yeah, so any above Columbus. So let's be fair, Columbus yeah. wins. Yeah. But, but we're right there um, and we've been growing rapidly for a very long time. I like six decades because it's longer than I've been alive. So that makes me happy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we don't see any slowdown in sight. Um, the typical economic developer runs about six to eight projects. So those are companies that want to expand or build or, you know, come to the region. Um, we're currently running 41 in our office. So, and there are two economic developers. So <laughs> clearly a lot of interest, a lot of excitement, um, and a lot of people want to be part of our culture and, and there's no reason why they shouldn't be. Does the fact that you're number one over six decades make your job as an economic developer harder or easier? Um, I, I would say easier because we already have that culture of winning. Mm. So people want to be where things are good, right? Yeah. So we don't have to overcome. We don't have to over explain. We don't have to, you know, make things go away. And also we can be more picky. So we're really good at the small, closely held family owned businesses, typically in manufacturing we know exactly how to help them. We know exactly what their needs are. Um, and if something bad happens, which is never good, but an economic developer has to anticipate, we know how to fix it. So we can unload the building right away. We can help those workers get jobs somewhere else um, and we can take care of it. You know, if you have a Ford plant or an Amazon distribution center or something huge go under, you know, that's a giant undertaking to try and fix. But if you have a company that's 20 employees, you can handle that. 
you know, and and so it's not the the pretty side of economic development, but it definitely is something that we want to be aware of so that we're always staying on top of our game. And those small companies, um, you know, I sent an email on Friday looking to shoot some video for a project. I contacted five companies and within an hour, I had all five companies go, yeah, come on in whenever you want. Here's what we can do. And they were all ready to play. And, you know, that's not normal. Um, Other places, they can't get response, let alone agreement. So we're really unique. And how much of that uh, team camaraderie, um, how much of that gets shared with the potential businesses that are coming and how important is that to them when they're trying to decide where to relocate or where to build? They are blown away. Um, It's always shared. It's always part of it. Uh, And it's hilarious because, you know, we'll have a company that says, hey, we're thinking about coming to your area and we can bring the entire team. Uh, We had one company, it took them about five years to figure out where they wanted to go and what they wanted to do. We had three meetings on site at their location with a variety of folks and we couldn't even talk about it. You know, we couldn't mm-hmm. even tell anybody that it was going on and they couldn't believe we were willing to come out when the community they were in, they never met anyone. They didn't know anybody. Wow. So, you know, every time I talk to that plant manager, she just laughs about how well she knows all of us and she knows who to call. And if she has a problem and she doesn't know who to call, she still knows who to call because one of us will figure it out. And you're riding the wave now of 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 six decades of uh, being top ranked and top rated growth. Is that it, it, so? Obviously, it was that way before you got there, and you're you're, you're there now. Um, where's the grit? Have there been some challenges in in your life? I mean, is, is it that easy? Can it possibly be that easy? <laughs> well, I mean, so in, in economic development, I mean, I'm going to tell you right away, this is a really fun job. Yeah. Um, nothing you're doing is life and death. So, I mean, at the end of the day. I have worked in places where it was kind of life and death and that's stressful. Um, this is, you know, oh, I couldn't get you as big a tax abatement as I was hoping, you know, like, so, so there really isn't, um, the problem is the challenges that we have to deal with, you know, so, so my job is to bring in new business and help our existing business grow. So when I sit down with a business owner and I say, what is your problem? And they say to me, fill in that blank, I have to solve it. So I have to figure out how to solve it. of the problems are solvable, except workforce. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Number one thing we talk about is workforce. Um, I do have some background in HR and recruiting, so it's a natural fit for me to be able to talk about workforce. And we have developed now 49 workforce programs to try and develop what we can. Um, It's everything from working with all seven of our school districts and both vocational programs, um, working with all of the populations that in the past may have been overlooked, also trying to bring more people into the county and help the people who live here know that they could get jobs here. Mm-hmm. So um, that one, we actually can point to success, which is fun, because when I started, we were at 70% of folks leaving every day for work, and we're now down to 54. So okay. we are making a dent. Um, so yeah, so at the end of the day, the grit doesn't come from necessarily solving our problems on a daily basis. It's solving your problems on a daily basis. Tell me a little bit more about, let's talk a little bit about uh, the hiring situation. I think a lot of people give up 
maybe you hear it just can't be solved. There's nobody out there. No one wants to work. I talk to people all the time and they say, nobody will even show up for the interview. Nobody, nobody. And it becomes this big overarching weight on their shoulders of an unsolvable problem. You've got 49 different projects that are trying to solve this issue. What keeps you motivated and going in an extremely tough uh, hiring situation for businesses? Oh, because we haven't solved it yet. Um, I'm we extremely, have to, right? Yeah. I mean, what are the choices? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm extremely motivated by a challenge. So, you know, and now once the challenge is solved, I need to move on, you know, so we need to find the next problem. But, you know, for me, we're not there yet. I still have companies that need people and need a bunch of people. Uh, I, I can recite off the top of my head, 1,200 job openings in the county. I can just go down the list and this company needs 12 and this company needs 30 and, you know, and just do the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so we have to find ways to solve it. The fact that solving it is helping all these other people change their life. is pretty cool. You know, the, there's an old movie because I'm old called Dave. And at yeah. the beginning of Dave, I guess a, I'm old too. I he, worked, Dave. he works in, te- in the temp world and yep. he said, everybody works on Tuesday, you know, and he talks about how you're changing lives. And that's really what we're doing. I mean, you know, people get a job, it changes everything. Yeah. And so tell me how that makes you feel when you're not able to solve it. Because I know right now there aren't 1,200 people filling out applications for those jobs. And I know the business has to keep going. And I know these businesses have to keep going. So how does that make you feel on a personal level when sometimes you're just not able to put those two things together? Well, I mean, you know. You, you can only take it so personally because hmm. otherwise you just sit around and not do anything. Uh, it it makes me think more about, you know, what, what we need to do and how else we can solve it and where there might be people. And, you know, I've looked at how do we go to places where there is unemployment at a reasonable level and mm-hmm. we bring them into the county and pay their living expenses and then moving expenses. Right now that's too expensive. I can't ask a company to participate, but once you have a starting place, you know, then you can start to find funding. You can start to find ways to try it. Um, I, I'm looking for some funds right now from the county, from the uh, recovery money, hoping that they will fund a, a pilot that we can try some transportation things. So for mm-hmm. people that can't get good jobs, you know, could they get a better job if they had transportation? Um, a lot of the folks that are on food assistance, you know, so you hear all these people on public assistance and it's terrible. A lot of the people on food assistance, I mean, it's like 86%, I believe, work two jobs, you know? So, I mean, they, they work jobs that don't provide benefits and don't pay them a living wage. So how do we get them into better jobs where they're actually making a difference in the company and the company's actually making a difference in their life? So you just, you got to keep going. But, you know, that's always been the situation. What are things that people don't understand about the hiring crisis? We all think that we know that it just can't be fixed. It can't, you know, is it about the people? Is it about the businesses? What are, what are a couple of the obvious things that people just need to have a different paradigm? uh, So if you look at the unemployment numbers across the region, they're under 5%. Hmm. Full full employment is 5%. There's always going to be a percentage of population that's not working. And frankly, there's a percentage of population that's not employable. So, you know, that's just the reality of the world. Knowing that things like cutting off the $300 benefit, okay, great, cut it off. You know, maybe there'll be some people that go back to work. That's not going to hit the volume of folks that we're looking for. Um, The people that are able to collect are in that 3.6% for Medina County. So it's not a big number. It's not the difference maker. So what we have to ask ourselves is, why aren't these people in the workforce 
so that they're not collecting unemployment and they're not getting a job. What is that barrier? Well, that's daycare, that's transportation, that's parent care, right? Because yep. when when people can't put their senior family members into places, they had to step out of the workforce to take care of them. Um, to some degree, that's early retirement, which we all knew was coming. We've talked about the baby boomers retiring forever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and now we're here and many of them up their time frame because they could. And they realized COVID showed that. During COVID, yep. Yeah, we can do this. And it's kind of cool to be retired. So, you know, so we lost a, part, a group of the population. And then the, the message of college for everyone, you know, the numbers play out. 2010 to 2019, we lost a, a chunk of our population in the workforce, in the workforce participation rate. So when you look at those numbers, I mean, all of a sudden, we don't have the number of human beings we need. So we have to bring them in because it takes 18 years to manufacture an adult. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't help. We have got to bring in more folks that we can have go to work right away. And so that's from wherever we need to get them. And that comes into housing and that comes into transportation and all those different logistical issues that make uh, your job so much fun. Exactly. And that part's not even my job, but we do it because we have to. Yeah. And and let's and a lot of folks too during COVID and a lot of a lot of this is that there were a lot of entrepreneurial change and and people, you know, left left their position and started new jobs. There's an mm-hmm. un, un, untold number of of new businesses that were created. And you have some entrepreneurial background and I was wondering maybe if uh, if some of the things that you've learned through economic development or through your past have affected the way you attack economic development. Maybe you can share that story a little bit with us. Well, absolutely no question. Um, so 20 in 2008, if we all remember back that far, Oh yeah. um, yeah, in December of 2008, right before the bottom fell out of everything, <laughs> my employer just announced that he was moving to Atlanta and oh. we could join him if we wanted or, you know, whatever, but we had to be ready to work and no relocation or anything January 2nd. And he announced it on November 11th. Um, and I so remember that a month. Yeah. Cause that's my birthday. So yeah. <laughs> happy birthday. Yeah. Good um, for you. So January 2nd, I was in my basement sitting at my computer looking for a job in 2009. Oh, my gosh. So we know how fun that was. Um, And became a part of the group known as the the Accidental Entrepreneur. Uh, Because my clients for that company weren't done, you know, and they had a business to run. And they called me and they said, no, 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 we need you. Will you consult? Mm. So I Mm. thought that was really funny. Oh my God, I'm a consultant. Yeah, that's it. I'm a consultant. Yeah. yeah. So I launched the pedestal group because we put our clients where they belong. Okay. And that was both when you were doing well and, and doing what I told you to, we put you on a pedestal. And when we needed to have that serious conversation, I didn't. Um, and so, and my clients loved it and it was great. And so you were laid off in the middle of the uh, recession. Right at the and beginning instead of, the recession, of panicking, yeah. instead of panicking, or you did what a lot of people do, which is show some grit and start. And you started your own thing called uh, pedestal and, and away you went on to great success. No. Okay. So <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Good. Um, I had never considered working from home. I had never considered running my own business. I mean, I was teaching the, the job I had that I got laid off from. I was literally teaching people how to run a franchise business. So I was telling them how to set up a business, how to work from home, how to run a business, how to be effective, how to do your own marketing, all that stuff. But I had no intention of doing it myself. So it was a big shock uh, and, you know, took a lot of work. But 
you know, that was fine. And I was looking for another job. I looked for a job for six months. How soon um, did you then, start looking for another job? From the time you started? Second. Oh, literally while like, you were doing consulting, you were also yeah. looking at other things. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then in May, my husband said to me, why are you looking for a boss? You love what you do. Why don't you just do it? Gotcha. And I was like, oh, well, that's a good question. You know? So I started networking locally. Um, we knew no one. We'd lived in our house for about nine years, but I knew the guy across the street. Mm-hmm. And otherwise I knew the people where I had worked in those areas, but not where I lived. So I started networking and in 2010, I was actually called an influencer and I got very excited because, you know, look at me, I actually made a dent. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, and so, you know, I was trying to build the organization. I did have an opportunity to hire somebody. We got everything in place, ready to go. I really focused on the business and not on continuing the marketing because I was hiring her and she was going to come in as a salesperson and she was going to be awesome. And her husband walked out on her the the week before she was going to start. So the good news was she hadn't given notice at her job. So she didn't lose her health insurance. Um, But then I couldn't hire her. And now I was really behind the eight ball because after years of preaching to my franchisees, don't ever let your marketing go. I had let my marketing go. Um, Hmm. so it, it was a struggle for the entire time that I had the business, but where it really came to a head, um, in 2016 in January, I believe, uh, legacy advisors, who I believe you had on the show, Mark Dorman, Mark Dorman. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, he was a client and a dear friend and always has been, um, we were running an event and we had a speaker and the guy was speaking and I was running the event. So I was worried about the food and the logistics and making sure everybody had what they needed. And I wasn't really even listening. And then all of a sudden he said, you're either an entrepreneur who takes things from zero to one, or you're not an entrepreneur and you take things from one to two. And it hit me right between the eyes because that was exactly my problem. I couldn't figure out how to scale the business from the beginning to that number one so that I could take it to the next level. Mm. Um, I can take an idea and run with it all day long. Give me an idea and I will make it whatever you want it to be. And and I do that very well. And that's what I've done here. But ask me to start from scratch. And that's where I can't. Um, And so that was was a huge eye-opener for me. A lot of soul searching, a lot of, wow, what am I going to do now? My second largest client was the Medina County Economic Development Corporation. And I was in the office one day and I actually had planned to have a chat with the executive director about, hey, what did she think? And did she have any thoughts for me? And, you know, because she's a dear friend and, you know, great advice and works with business all the time. So you were and, looking for career advice from yeah. this advisor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, when I went to her office, she said, you're not going to believe this, but my economic developer just quit. That's how and it I works. I said, okay, what if I took it? Yeah. And she said, really, would you even consider that? Because, you know, you're so good at your business and blah, 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 because nobody knows, right? Like from the outside, I networked all the time and I did all kinds of stuff and it really worked well. And and it wasn't like, I wouldn't say I failed, but it certainly wasn't making us the money that we wanted. It wasn't getting me the satisfaction that I wanted. I wasn't doing new things. I was doing a lot of the same over and over um, it happened to come at a great time. My daughter was in middle school, so it was really handy to be able to you know, do all her stuff. But it, this all just happened at exactly the right moment. And so I took the job and now I'm an economic developer. So, so most people in, and you're a great one, by the way, and I think that's part of, of what goes to this next question. Most folks on this show share with me 
when I say, well, what, what would you do then when things fell apart? Well, I just kept going. I showed some grit. I threw some grit under the tires. I got traction. I built my entrepreneurial dream. I wasn't going to quit. You actually saw an opportunity to do something different when you were kind of, when the rubber met the road, you said, no, I'm not an entrepreneur. Tell me the conversation you had to have in yourself after trying to do it on your own. What was that conversation with yourself like to make that decision to let go and, and start being a, uh, helping others accomplish their dreams as well? So I think one of the, one of the weird things about me, and I don't know why this is, but you know, when people talk about what they do for a living and how their path has gone, they often talk about failure. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't know what they mean. And I don't mean to sound mm. silly um, because I did that. I did what I needed to do at the time I needed to do it. It made total sense. Um, I did the best that I could. I, Looking back, I can tell you what I could have done differently and sure. should have done better and all that kind of stuff and what I learned. But at the end of the day, it, you know, I did the best I could. And when I got confronted with somebody pointing out to me why it wasn't working the way I thought it should, it was a no brainer to change direction. Hmm. I mean, why, why are you going to keep trying to do something, you know, you're not cut out to do. And why don't you go try something that sounds like it might be a better fit. And so for me, you know, it was kind of like what I needed was that guy pushing me to say, wait a minute, this isn't me. The reason it's not working is because you're trying to work against your nature. And that's not smart. I have a feeling what you're going to say here, but what was that feeling like when you finally made that decision, shut down one road and entered into the other? Was there a weight on your shoulders you didn't even know existed? Or what was that like when you made that ultimately said, yes, I'm doing this thing instead? Um, it was it was actually really hilarious. Um, yeah. You know, I, I don't know that there was a big weight because there wasn't there wasn't time. <laughs> so, mm. you know. It, it literally went one day to the next, you know, um, I met with Bethany, I think it was on Monday and we agreed to start training on Tuesday and I had worked with them long enough wow. and been part of their organization for a while. The, one of the biggest hurdles was explaining to the board that no, I was no longer a contractor. I was now an employee, um, but I was still going to do a lot of the same stuff I had been doing, you know, and so they couldn't get their heads around the change. And so that was really funny. And I had to figure out which clients I could, you know, relieve and and how to pass them off and where they should go. And then which clients I was going to keep for a period of time and how that looked. So there was so much to do yeah. that there really wasn't a time to stop and kind of go, oh, hey, check that out. We changed gears. Um, but that's always been me. I mean, you know, like we, it, it's always go with what needs to happen. Um, so, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a ton of processing. There was just a lot of my family going, check you out. We're so yeah. proud of you. You know, yeah. <laughs> look at you recognizing the problem. And it sounds a lot like uh, you see an open door, walk through an open door yeah. type of mentality. And and too many times we beat against the one that we want to go through. You saw an open one, you went, didn't look back. And Medina's better off for it uh, because you're there. I, I'm wondering, uh, we talked about hiring, but now that you're in this position, you're doing well and you've got to think that's its own problem. Are there other are there other, you know, quickly that we could talk about hurdles that you you see in the future for Medina to maintain the growth that it's maintained so far? Um, you know, there, there are interesting challenges when you're talking about development. Um, so one is absolutely, we need to make sure that the our elected officials are planning for the future. Um, so when we look at how, how land is allocated, um, there's the county, 
And then underneath the county, there are the townships and there are the cities and then there are villages. Um, and if they have competing zoning or if their zoning doesn't match what the future is going to hold, that's a big problem. I'm trying to work on where we can have a study done to show what young people's thoughts are right now about house ownership and what kinds of things they want and that kind of stuff and compare it to our zoning across the county. Because, you know, if, if everything is looking for large homes and things that I think are going by the wayside, frankly, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're not going to have the residents to be able to maintain their tax bases. And that could be a huge problem. Um, so, you know, thinking along those kinds of lines, and I mean, that's one of the reasons being an economic developer is so much fun. Um, like, you know, so one minute you're talking about zoning law and how does zoning affect development and what's going on there. And the next moment you're talking about workforce and the next minute you're building a website and the next minute, you know, you're talking about how do I remove the cars that were abandoned on my property? And, (laughs) you know, I don't know who to call. So it's just, it's never a dull moment. Yeah. And so folks, if you're interested in, in looking for growth, if you're a business owner or if you're just a resident or whoever, and you're trying to, to figure out uh, the next path for yourself, Medina is growing. We've talked about six decades of being the top growth in, in Northeast Ohio, North Central Ohio, and we're just uh, uh, you know right here for you. So if you would like to reach out to Kathy, uh, Kathy, how would you have them reach out to you to learn more? So big picture website, medinacounty.org. I don't know how we got that one, but that's fantastic. Um, (laughs) My email, because nobody should have to spell Brighton Butcher. My email is Kathy B and it's Kathy with a K at medinacounty.org. And phone is 330-722-9295. And I'm happy to answer questions and I'm happy to talk to anybody. um, But I will just put you on notice right now. If you're not in Medina County, I will remind you of that. So, (laughs) And welcome you in. Yeah, well, and you're welcome to join us. Absolutely. Uh, Real real quick plug for Spire Marketing. We have just entered into the Medina region and we're meeting many businesses there and and talking to folks. And it's just a wonderful place to be. And and the thing that that I think I've noticed about the businesses in Medina that kind of match the, uh, some of the things that, that Spire does is that it's very strategic. The businesses there want to grow. Um, the the organizations want to be a part of that growth. And everybody feels like they're together on the same track, on the same path, moving towards success uh, in, in the entire county. And so that's kind of the way that Spire works. We do marketing and strategy and brand development for businesses that are trying to grow. And if you're looking for those kinds of things, please reach out to us. You can find us at SpireAd.com um, and you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Brian Levelock, Director of Sales at Spire. Kathy, I want to thank you for for being a a great friend to me so far in Medina, but more importantly, for the great things that you're doing for Medina. I don't know if you know it, but every single person I've met in that region says, you know that Kathy, she's got it going on and she's making a difference. So thank you for all that you're doing. Well, that's great to hear. Thank you for sharing that. That's wonderful. I appreciate your being a guest on A Dash of Grit. And folks, if you are interested in more shows like this, we do this once a week. We're at dashofgrit.com or wherever you find your podcasts. And we're on uh, YouTube as well if you want to see our bright and shiny faces. So until the next time, uh, stay gritty and win the day. This is A Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things.